Hey guys, what's up? It's Greg Zorzabosti with Find Your Film. Here is my interview with Livia DePaulis. She is the writer-director behind this new movie called The Lost Girls. It's a very interesting story, by the way, not just the movie, but how this movie was able to get made. First off, Livia DePaulis, she actually got into this project by reading the actual novel by Laurie Fox back in 2003. She wasn't a filmmaker then. She was just, I think she mentioned in the interview, she was just young girl living, I, I recall, living on the beaches of Mexico, just having fun as normal, youthful people do. I, I remember th- those days in my my youth as well, even though I'm 50, I, I still remember my 20s, kind of, sort of, but cut to 20 years later, and now, finally, The Lost Girls is out. It didn't take her 20 years. I, I posted up on my article that it took her 20 years to make it. I'm also including all the years she was obsessed or really loved the novel. She actually came out with a debut feature before The Lost Girls. Let me check when it was. Sorry about all that noise. I'm on IMDb right now. She mentioned this during the interview before she actually came out with The Lost Girls. This is not her first feature. Her first feature was the 2014 film Emoticon. And then now eight years later, her her sophomore feature is The Lost Girls. She said in the interview that she actually started writing the screenplay to the film about five years ago, and a lot of things have changed. And obviously, COVID the last couple of years, now it's finally out. What's cool about this movie is The Lost Girls centers on Peter Pan, but Peter Pan doesn't is not really he's a big part of the story, but it it focuses on the the damage. In, in a weird way, the damage that he does to not the Lost Boys, but, quote, the Lost Girls. And the Lost Girls here are a generation of women, just different women. Uh, Livia DePaulos, she, she play, she plays Wendy. And the younger version of Wendy is played by Emily Carey. Both of them really good. Emily Carey, I asked her about about uh, Emily Carey. I, I think she's going to be in, the, in House of Dragons coming soon. And she just really popped off the screen for me. Actually, it was popped off my TV screen for me. And she was really good as the teen Wendy. The movie also stars Julian Ovenden. Also, Lewis Partridge. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. He's very, very good in this movie as well. You might have known him known him from Enola, Enola Holmes. And he is going to have a really big career ahead of him. Jolie Richardson, a person I really like. And her mother, Vanessa Redgrave. They're both in this movie as well. Also, Ian Glenn rounds out the cast as Hook. Also, there's Parker Sawyers. He's really good in this movie as well. It's interesting because you get to see there is a great... I I do have the Peter Pan complex. I have a bit of an arrested development streak with me. But this movie, it really shows how how that can actually affect your life as you get older, as you mature. And the main character is Wendy, played by Olivia DePaulis. You get to chart Wendy's growth from being a person who had all these dreams and she's still holding on to a little bit of that childhood wonder and imagination, but there is a cost behind that as one charts her life throughout the this narrative. Okay, so anyways, The Lost Girls, based again based on the novel by Laurie Fox, is currently as we speak out now in theaters as of this recording, but you'll, most of you will be able to get it on digital as well and on demand. I will post a link of where you can get it on the show notes below. Before I get into the interview, very quick thing regarding Find Your Film. I talked to my bosses, Eric Holmes and Bruce Berkey, 
every single week we cover like five or four or five movies. And what we're going to do with Cinema Hodgepodge and everything, our main episodes now, we're going to cover maybe one or two featured movies. But each week, since really, you know, Cinematics is fun with Anderson and we cover movies as well. And it's it's a fun thing. I, with Find Your Film, I want it to be fun too. But this, I've, I've had a lifelong we're talking about lifelong obsessions here. I've had a lifelong love for directors. So moving forward, one thing that we we did not, we kind of strayed away from the last year or so is not doing director spotlights because that was just a lot of work for all of us to do. Eric and Bruce, they have full-time jobs and they still, and me making them watch five or six movies a week, that's a big load on, to put on them. So now what we're going to do is we're still going to have sort of the, the same workload, but we're going to streamline it. And I want to actually... We actually want to get back to spotlighting directors. Maybe not just when I'm talking about the big ones like Kubrick or Spielberg or Hitchcock. We want to actually spotlight directors that you might not know and who might be worth taking a gander, whether it's on Prime Video or any of the streaming services. Directors that might be worth, if not a deep dive, but maybe just a wade in the water for. And maybe through searching and finding these different directors, we can also by default, discover really interesting movies that maybe are not on the highest algorithm on on your Netflix or Disney Plus service, okay? So maybe, I'm thinking maybe by actually spotlighting a lot of directors, some may be obscure or hopefully all of them will be talented or interesting, you'll find, we'll find some really interesting movies together on this journey, okay? And then maybe that means down the line with the Find Your Film podcast feed, I'll be posting a lot more interviews with directors and maybe having Bruce and Eric do interviews as well. And uh, yeah, we, oh, I don't know where there, there's a little bit of a hum here, but anyways, Eric Holmes was act, actually supposed to interview Peter Strickland this week for Flux Gourmet. I don't think that was able to happen. Maybe, I don't know what happened with that. Maybe Peter Strickland was too busy. So, but the good thing is Eric and Bruce will be re- reviewing Flux Gourmet this week. Bruce is a big fan of Strickland. We'll see if he ends up liking Flux Gourmet. Where, and this is, I think this week will be the last week when we cover five or six movies as our featured reviews. Moving forward, we're go- going to be, in many ways, again, for our, our Find Your Film episodes, we'll maybe cover one or two movies that are coming out that week, but a big, big part of that episode will be spotlighting a director. And we're going to mention this as well on the episode, but our first return to this director spotlight will be Eric Holmes's obsession. That is the director, Jules Dassin. And I believe we might be doing Thieves Highway, I think, and then Night in the City. I don't know if it's Night in the City or Night and the City, but we're going to be covering those movies from Dassin in about a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. And here is my interview with Livy Tavales. Give The Lost Girls a shot if you can. Tell me what you, what you think of this movie. If you like some really interesting young actors like Emily Carey and Louis Partridge and and you really appreciate the, the work of Vanessa Redgrave and, and Jolie Richardson, you, if you want to see them in the same movie together, that would be really cool as well. And yeah, very interesting movie. And I like the way the characterizations were mapped out throughout the story. So... Yeah. All right, guys. Here is the interview with Livia. If you do watch it again, tell me what you think. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to us here over at Find Your Film. Bye. Livia, before we begin, can you please pronounce your full name so on the podcast, in the video, I don't butcher it like I usually do. So, 
My name is Livia de Paulis. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. Livia de Paulis. Now, first off, you get this question asked a lot, but just on a film 101 level, what is the key to actually directing a feature where you're also the lead actor in it as well? What are, what are the key elements for you? I'm sure you probably learned along the process, but what is the key key elements to actually make it making it successful? Um pre-production <laughs> like for everything preparation you know pre-production and my process on set is to have all discussions ahead of time had if i'm in the scene i would have all discussions with you know the the heads of departments and most importantly the dop ahead of time and the actors obviously and then once we're shooting I would just roll and do you know a few takes maybe three takes um and just you know I can't just stop 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 and start so we'll do a few takes in a roll and if I feel that you can feel that if it's working or not working um and then once I feel like oh it's working then I would go back um on the monitor and check it out <laughs> and then usually I'm like oh let's do a few more <laughs> but then it would be again another like two or three in a row right yeah. like just without cutting um and that that's pretty much it and then uh you know very lengthy editing process <laughs> You know, one of the great things about your film is after watching this film, I'm sure a lot of cinephiles will want, want to actually read the novel. So from you, it's a flip side. What was it about the novel that just made you really immersed within the story? It's just such a generational epic uh, take, you know, so. So I read this, I read the book in 2003. So we're coming up on 20 years now. <laughs> it's crazy. And um and I loved it. You know, I just loved it very much. Um, and I immediately thought, oh, this should be a movie. And I wasn't thinking about being a director. Um, I was an actress. And actually, at the time when I read the book, I was taking a break <laughs> from acting. And I kind of dropped out and went to Mexico and, you know, hung out on a beach for a while. <laughs> and um, and I was reading a lot. And, and uh, it just... It just resonated with me. I mean, it, I wanted to read it. I was curious about it because I love the Peter Pan story so much. And I was very interested in any kind of deeper look at the story, right? Or different look at the story. And then um, Laurie Fox wrote a very feminist book. And uh, as a very young woman, I just... It was all kind of a new language for me, but it was a language that made a lot of sense. And and also I feel that I connected with it um, on a very personal level. Um, I, I grew up, you know, I was like a very troubled teenager. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and even like at that time when I had taken like a break and I was like in Mexico being like a hippie on the beach, like what was I really doing, right? So I felt I, like that I was a bit of like in Neverland, like that was like a bit of my Neverland experience. And, um, and then I gave it to some, some of my girlfriends. I was like, you've got to read this book. You've got to read this book. <laughs> And then um, eventually when I 
after I made my first feature film, I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to try with that book. And uh, here we are. (laughs) You're not the hippie girl in Mexico on the beach anymore. It's almost 20 years since. So I'm, I'm assuming this story must over the years, especially now, means even more to you than it did 20 years ago because the idea about mothers and daughters and you can see so many different stages, it must connect to you on a, on a really more profound level. Am I assuming that? Or? Absolutely. That's a very, very good point uh, because what resonated with me 20 years ago, it's different from what resonated with me you know, five years ago when I started writing the script. And I would say that actually it kind of goes both ways like through the work you look at it's not that you look at but you kind of re-examine um your own relationships like i i re-examine my own relationship with my mother through the writing of the script and then in the middle of all of this my mother passed so there was a whole another level there before you know that that that, that inevitably came out while I ended up making the film. Vanessa Redgrave and Jolie Richardson, <laughs> that connection, it's so hard to do in cinema and you decided to do it. And how awesome, I guess it's, it's hard to put into words, but if there's a way you can put that into words as far as them taking part in your really rich ensemble project, must have meant a lot to you as well. Yes, and I'm very grateful to both of them for accepting to do it. Um, we had cast Jolie first, and uh, and then um, Ellen Burstyn was originally attached to play the role that Vanessa played, uh, but with COVID, that was just not possible anymore because, I mean, nobody could travel. It was just not possible. And so then we went to Jolie, and we asked, would, would it be okay with you if we would cast your mother? And she was... Yes, she said yes, and Vanessa said yes, and so it was kind of surreal. I have to say, like for me, it was not planned, and it was completely surreal. Uh, but yeah, I'm very happy about it. Speaking of happy, how when you look at your your ensemble, how just proud of you of just the array of talent. You you just I'm on IMDb right now. Louis Emily, right down the line. <laughs> Is this, is this one of these things where it's just serendipity that, or did you automatically just see that, oh, this person is just magical. I, I have to have his or her, him or her on this project. Can you just talk about that? Well, yeah. uh, we have to give it up to, <laughs> to Gemma Sides, who is the casting director. And she has been, uh, she's a dear friend now. And she's been a very close collaborator. She's brilliant. And, uh, um, You know, I really loved Ian. I really wanted Ian for the part. So I was very happy that he agreed to do it. Um, And then for the young actors, you know, I got to take some credit for that because I just, you know, they auditioned and they were just great. Um, And we did, so we did in-person auditions, I don't know, maybe like a week before the lockdown. <laughs> it was like, it was it was so intense. It was starting to happen. But we were like, I was just in denial. I was like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Like Italy was already locked down. Austria was already locked down. I was like, no, 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 England is going to be fine. Meanwhile, like the cases were like, oh. anyway. <laughs> so we did that. And then we did callbacks um, pretty much on Zoom. 
but the callbacks were really just a, a chat that I had with the actors. I had made my decisions already uh, during the the first audition. Um, with Louis specifically, there was a little bit of a discussion because um, the producers wanted to go for a more um, Peter Pan looking like uh, actor. And and then we were discussing about casting diversity and I just really wanted to work. Like I just really thought Louis was the best actor and he was, you know, Enola Holmes had not come out yet. So, you know, we didn't know that he was going to become a star. <laughs> so, but I just really, I thought he was the best. I thought he, he was just, his energy was just so strong and he was, you know, he was just such a serious guy, you know, serious actor. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very glad. I'm very glad. And Ella Rice-Smith, she also auditioned. She sent me like a self-tape during lockdown. And then she came in and did like a, a scene with Louis, opposite Louis, because I wanted to make sure they looked okay together uh, in the garden. <laughs> Wow, amazing! And, and of course, you know Emily with with the part of the narrative that she anchored. You, I'm sure you're at the you're at your editing bay and just saying, "Wow, this she just really pops off the screen." Did you automatically know that during the production, or was it just an added bonus just seeing you know on the on the edit as well? Look, I'm gonna say this for me, Emily Carey was love at first sight. <laughs> for me, she was like there was there was like as soon as she auditioned, I was like, "This is it." And uh, I really think that she's she's very young, but I really think she's an amazing actress, an amazing actress. Emily can do whatever she can do, whatever. She's really, really good. What I what I love about the story of your film, Livia, is the fact that whenever someone says that he or she has a Peter Pan complex, sometimes that's, that's looked at as, as a good thing because wanderlust is is a good thing in in a, in a sense, and staying young or, or wanting to stay young and having that imagination and always going to Neverland. But your film also posits the thought that can you talk about the idea of the need to stay in the moment because there are real consequences with you traveling off to someplace because the most important people in your life, the ones that you loved are here to travel with you and you're giving up a lot by going off to Neverland, you know? So. Absolutely. Um, Yes. And I think that, you know, the movie really like looks, you know, tries to look at that. Uh, And it was, you know, the challenge of the movie was really to, um, you know, keep the preciousness of that Neverland, uh, keep the value of it, but reframe it uh, because um, I think, and I'm learning this as I grow up (laughs) myself eventually, um, that, you know, different ages have different, different things that are fantastic and, and, and magical about that particular age. And uh, I want to just um, try and give value to to these different stages of life. You know, I, I love how your your own character with with Wendy. You don't really 
you don't give her an out, meaning you don't make her absolutely sympathetic. You're you're actually making her a real person. There are real life consequences. Can you just talk about during your the, the whole you know adaptation and, and just making it an, a very uncompromising character, where as a viewer you're pulling for her, but a lot of times you're not, and then it eventually really fully rounds out. So talk about that aspect. Yeah, it, it was a challenge. <laughs> um, even in my first film, I was told, oh, you write these characters that are like, you know, the lead, it's got to be sympathetic, it's got to be sympathetic. And I'm like, yes and, and no, it's got to be real. <laughs> For me, most importantly, it, it's got to be a real person. Um, so... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. I mean, it, it, for me, it was important to to the story to have a normal person that uh, that had you know that lived this contradiction. Um, and I think that there are a lot of women out there that are like that. You know, that that, that do live that contradiction. I'm sure my mother at some point in her life, lived that contradiction of wanting to do something, you know, of, of, of not wanting to have that responsibility. Um, especially, I think back in the days, you know, motherhood was really not such a choice. It was just something that you would just do. And what assumption is there to, 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 to say that every single woman wants to have a child and wants to be a mother. And that's the ultimate uh, realization for a woman. It's motherhood. And maybe it is, but can we say that the ultimate realization for a man is to be a father for every single man? I don't think so. (laughs) So I wanted to, you know, I think the challenging that, that, model makes the character probably a little bit bit less sympathetic and if you really want to look at things that way speaking of the way uh, you want to look at things that way i'm a huge cinephile and i'm thinking there's hundreds upon hundreds of film noirs and you can say that about westerns war films mother-daughter relationships i'm not thinking out of out of my top of my head i can't recommend hundreds of mother-daughter relationships. Was that one of the reasons why this movie, you really wanted to direct this movie as well? The fact that there is, I'm assuming, a scarcity in that as far as cinema goes. Well, uh, there is uh, the beautiful uh, Greta Gerwig. Gerwig? (laughs) Yeah, Gerwig, yeah. Yes, Uh, but um, I think that the mother-daughter element uh, that it's very strong in the film was not my original motivation (laughs) to make the film I'm going to be honest with you Um, my original motivation was the Neverland and then it evolved into uh, more of this mother-daughter story or I mean I guess it was always being that it's an adaptation the story was there right but I guess I was less conscious of that element um, that draw me in without me really being aware of it. That's amazing. Okay, final couple of questions for you is, and, and these are kind of tough questions, but right off the top of your head, can you name one of your all-time favorite movies? And what is it about the specific film that still resonates with you today? Okay, I've, I've got the one. 
<laughs> and when I say this, it's always quite controversial, but one of my favorite movies, all-time favorite, is A.T., like Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the reason why is because I think he does that sense of longing and desire for connection and uh, solitude um, so well. Um, and, and he does it in a fun way, and it is an adventure, and it's a great adventure. And I just loved it. And I still love it. Um, yeah. Did I answer the question? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And my final question is sort of like your favorite movie thing, but for our podcast, for one of my podcasts, my co-host Bruce Perky, he actually asked our listeners to recommend a movie for him to watch. So, you know, that, that person will recommend a movie and he'll write it on a piece of paper and he'll put it in a box. Other than E.T., can you give, and other your other than your film as well, but can you, right off the top of your head, can you, what what's a movie that you would recommend and you'd want to put on that box for him to watch? as far as a movie. Right. Something that like I watched recently. Either recently or just right off the top of your head that you really love that maybe doesn't get too much attention that you you you, you dig. I'm going to give you two. I'm not going to okay. give you one. I'm going to give you two. Thank the you. first yeah. one that came up I watched recently, it's called The Worst Person in the World. And it's a Northern European film. And it's wonderful. And it's a story of this woman who has a boyfriend and then accidentally meets another guy and she does not cheat on her boyfriend. And it's just very, very delicate, but very funny. It stayed with me for a while. And then another film that I really need to mention, because I just watched, I was just at the Kampan Festival this week and I just watched this film. It's a Japanese film called Plan 75. It makes me cry just to even mention it. Um, and it's... Um, it's a first feature and it's a story um, set in Japan and it's a story of like how the government implements this plan. So it's a government plan, government funded plan for people over 75 to seek euthanasia. And it's, um, you know, I just had to go home and really reevaluate my entire life and, you know, this society and what am I doing with my life, really? Uh, it's so powerful and devastating that if you do have the chance to see this film, please, I really hope that it gets some kind of uh, international release because it's, to me, it's a masterpiece. And it's very simple, very quiet, very poetic and, and, uh, and devastating. And before I let you go... Livia, the idea of actually getting a film out there into the universe and, uh, and and releasing it, it seems to me like just from the outsider's point of view, it seems to me an act of will and determination. How much just how much will and determination did you need over these years or last couple of years just to just to get it out there? You know. So. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, it's just, um, you know, I, I always say I will this movie into existence <laughs> it's just you know you really have to for independent films you really the, the filmmaker has to it has to be the most important thing for you it has to come first it has to come first otherwise it's just there's just it's just too too difficult so Olivia, thank you so much for your time really enjoyed your film and you know good luck moving forward Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Take care.